You're listening to the Fit Me Forever podcast, episode number 41. Welcome to the Fit Me Forever podcast hosted by the OmniFit. We're about all things fitness. We help women get off the diet roller coaster to find sustainable health, embracing life right where you are on the way to where you're going. I'm Coach Jody V, a certified nutrition coach who specializes in helping women become physically and mentally strong to regain energy for a life they love. I would like to welcome my co-host, Kayla Duncan, owner of the OmniFit, and fellow colleague and nutrition coach, Taylor Noel. Together, we are the OmniFit. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. How are you today? Doing good. Doing well. Awesome. I'm super excited to jump into this um, framework of change. This is a tool that we have used for a long time now that we, you know, now that we've kind of organized our thoughts and kind of got it into um, a cycle that we can, that we're going to talk about today. Um, Any overarching thoughts that you guys want to talk about before we kind of dig into the details? Well, I think the framework of change is kind of all about where we ended on the last podcast and that's planning and preparing internally to experience those changes that we desire to, to see externally. Um, and so this really, uh, the framework of change just codifies that the whole system that we use with Fit Me Forever and here at the OmniFit to help people recognize the changes they desire to make. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really great because, I mean, this can be, and when you guys are listening, I want you to kind of be thinking through any time you've made change in your life um, it was, it's really phenomenal to be able to see that there are particular categories that you can kind of fit your decisions into. And, and that's what we're kind of going to bring to light. So just to hop right in, um, overall, we're going to break this into two parts so it's easier to digest. And overall, there's about five different stages within this framework. Um, so the first stage is awareness. The second stage is acceptance. Um, Stage three is taking responsibility. Stage four is taking action. And stage five is reinforcement. And so when we jump right into awareness, what do you see glaring about awareness? How would someone know um, that they're kind of in this stage? What, What do we see in that stage? I think it's, it's best um, seen when it's, it's crazy because I guess we, we see often when people are not aware of something so they don't make changes, but it's such a great, a great opportunity when we do get to finally see that where people finally get that aha moment of, of realizing that they need to make change. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just that realization that looks different for everybody, um, whether what changes it is or, um, yeah, basically that aha moment that we all have, like maybe it's a, a physical a physical notice in the mirror of, of awareness that they're not comfortable with, with their clothes on so tight or whatever that may be, or that they need to make different behavioral changes um, consistently because of how they're feeling. Sure. I think too, like so many times, like, and we've all experienced this, right? Where we are, it's the action, like we're, we want to go forward with the action, the action and action. Let's get going, you know, type of thing. But sometimes in that action, like you said, Taylor, we get, we do get that aha moment where there's this awareness realization of, uh, either this isn't working for me or I'm not liking something. 
uh, or I'm getting all kinds of triggers, you know, or, or something, all this stuff is going on around me that is causing me not to be able to take action or, you know, all that stuff that goes on, all the mental, mental things, right? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, the, the time that we're recording this and that you guys are listening, we're at the beginning of 2019. And so right now, I think everyone has this heightened awareness of wanting to make changes that can be financial, that can be, you know, cleaning out as you're going through and packing up your Christmas stuff, and you're aware that you have too much stuff. Um, or obviously with fitness and the gyms are extra crowded right now, because people are aware that they need to make some sort of health changes. So kind of as you're thinking, we were able to sort of categorize some external awarenesses and some internal awarenesses. And um, Taylor, you mentioned some of the external stuff, like your clothes being tight or um, visual, like seeing what what you're seeing in the mirror and not necessarily loving what you're seeing. Then there's also more of like an internal awareness of those energy levels of just being so fatigued and tired um, or even... Um, achiness. I think Jody had mentioned that about just ugh, feeling like your joints and stuff are just not where they need to be. Digestion when you're feeling bloated, those are all cues where your body is tapping you on the shoulder, so to speak, of become aware some sort of change needs to happen. Yeah, I think our body mm-hmm. is um, it's speaking to us all the time and not to get sciencey geeky on you guys, but I'm going to because that's who I am. Um, We have our central nervous system, obviously that's in our brain, but we have the enteric nervous system that's in our gut. Mm -hmm. And this is a two-way channel of communication that's happening all the time. Like there are a hundred million plus neurons in our gut where those neurons are working in the same synapses using the same um, neurotransmitters as the brain. In fact, um, the ENS um, uses almost all of the body's serotonin um, production, which is really crazy when you think about it. When you connect mood and digestion together, what you've just eaten and how good you feel or how good you don't feel or whatever kind of thing, all this communication is going on internally. And we as human beings have a tendency to forget that or ignore it or write it off as something more simplistic than what really is going on, you know, inside of us. Um, So there's just so much around the thoughts and feelings and sensations that are going on there that affect, you know, in the gut affect our overall well-being. Mm -hmm. And so becoming aware, like that's part of the awareness thing. So. I love how you brought that up for a minute. (laughs) No, no. I love how you brought that up because everybody listening can relate to a nervous stomach, right? When you're like, oh, I just, I totally lose my appetite when I'm nervous for something. Or you might even experience like loose bowels whenever you get really stressed. That's a really common feedback for a lot of um, check-ins. And I just, it's an opportunity to explain how your body's trying to communicate with you that it's a normal response. And there's going to be some stressors that are normal. I know that the morning that um, we were preparing for Aiden's adoption and we're just all, we're like looking back at this courtroom and our friends are all, and I was like, oh, like I could not eat. I couldn't drink like my stomach. And it was happy. It was just overwhelmed with emotion and how that mm-hmm. impacts your your digestive system. Um, it's a very real thing. And so the same thing kind of we're coming off the tail end of the holidays, which can be really, really stressful for people. 
um, it might not even be the food that you're eating that's impacting your digestion as much as it is the stressors externally that are in your life. And so I love that you brought that up, Jody. Yeah. Yeah. I think too, when you think about, just think about the difference between say stress and excitement. Okay. They are exactly the same, um, you know, same process, but a different response. And the difference in that response is our mindset. You know, mm-hmm. is it, I'm, I, Mel Robbins talks about this in one of her books. Um, you know, is it, um, I'm, am I excited? Am I telling myself I'm excited for this experience that's coming up or am I nervous and upset about it? Again, same system, different response based on how we label it. So it's, it's huge and, and it makes a, a big difference, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, that's really mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. Um, awareness so also gives you the opportunity, like once you kind of that light bulb moment, that like ping, it comes on, a change needs to be made of what's your why? Why is there a change that needs to be made when you start becoming aware of these things and can just kind of reflect over all the things that we've kind of just talked about as you move into the second and third stages? Because like Jody said, a lot of people, once you become aware, you move straight to taking action. You, you skip over acceptance and taking responsibility for the changes that need to be made and you move into taking action, which often ends in the same cycle over again. The change doesn't happen long term. It's not sustainable and you're back to the awareness stage and you start to feel um, like you're spinning your wheels instead of you're making progress. So Jody, go, I think you're the one who made the note on this. Like, what is your why? How do those connect from like awareness to acceptance and kind of moving into this cycle? Because we had talked about how it's not linear. It's not like you just, you sit in one stage and you move on to the next, like a robot. Yeah. I, you know, I think like, I think Taylor and I were talking about that too um, last time we were together and it is like, I think we all try to get at that with clients and different people we talk to, like, why do you want to make the changes? Um, Taylor, what do you have? Do you have anything to add to that based on what we've talked about in the past? Well, one thing I'm thinking of too is that um, a lot of people, you really have to be in tune with your why, obviously, but a lot of people um, can go different routes if they don't go straight to acceptance. They can go straight to let's, let's go to lead to results or they can just stuff it and a lot of what they're feeling can become an adaptation. Um, and so they just think it's their new normal or they just start to accept that as their new reality and don't actually take action or responsibility um, and that acceptance to realize that they need to make changes. Um, so they just start to um, stuff that and they don't become realistic or in tune of, of what they're actually feeling. Um, and I think that can, can make a huge difference just because it's becoming in this generation. I feel like, um, a lot of men, for example, feel like vulnerability is not manly or, or what have you. And so people are not being okay with being vulnerable, um, and coming to that place that they need to make a change. Um, but I think that's exactly what needs to happen in order to, um, obviously, know your why and make changes for your why um, is just being vulnerable. And I think also with a lot of people that we love to help, um, we have to give them that opportunity and our, even our loved ones, we can't um, kind of force that upon them, but just trust and be patient that um, we help personally as coaches, we help people find that, but it's up to them ultimately 
to, to make that change and to realize that. Yeah, I think too, I mean, like knowing your why it's, um, you, you have to give yourself permission to be vulnerable with yourself. And that can go into some really deep, deep things when it's a rock, you know, evolving around your, or excuse me, revolving around your body and, you know, all those messages like in your gut and in your brain that are playing up. I mean, a lot of times, you know, you will find that people have um, significant triggers or trauma stamps or signatures. Um, and what, because we know the chemical triggers are so strong that this is where, you know, food addictions and different things, you know, come into play. They're so multi-layered. Um, and a lot of that is out of scope for us, but it's really um, revealing and um, joyful to help a, a client or anybody that we're working with, whether it be a loved one, to um, walk them gently and with compassion into this awareness um, cycle where they can begin to um, notice and name, if you will, and then begin to accept that there's something else way deeper going on than I just, you know, walk into the pantry and binge or, you know, what almost, you know, moving to the eating disorder side of things, which again is out of scope for us. But, but anytime nutrition is unbalanced, if you will, um, you, you, we have these tendencies to move in, in directions that aren't healthy either way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A huge portion of the acceptance phase or this stage when you find yourself here, and this is a good way to know, am I moved, have I moved from awareness into kind of the next phase is that you recognize the need for change. And what is typical is that you judge yourself for it. Oh, no, no one else finds themselves here. And so whether it's poor, poor, pitiful me, or whether it's guilt and shame, the, our goal for you and what we do with our clients is we help them kind of move past and through acceptance and into taking responsibility and taking action is feeling those feelings of judgment and shame and working past them because they're normal whenever I'm going to use, we talk about financial a lot because when you overlay that with fitness, it's a more objective. There's a little bit less judgment there, but let's, for the sake of this analogy, think about debt. And when you're aware that you need to work yourself out of debt, and then you recognize what got you there in the first place, a lot of times there's a lot of shame and there's a lot of judgment on yourself for the decisions that you've made. And so if you think of that kind of as a, as a filter over how you might think of the need for change for your health and for your fitness, there's a lot of people that deal with the judgment and the shame of the decisions they've made in their past that got them to where they are today. And it's really important that you kind of work through what that feels like and move past the judgment into being able to take responsibility for those actions um, and recognize that you don't have to be in this place forever. And that's when you're free to move into taking action. And when people move from that awareness of, oh, I need, I need to make a change into making a change without dealing with all the feelings that are involved with making changes, that's when they kind of, it, it's like they're moving backwards. Their wheels are spinning because there's all this junk, like what you were just talking about, Jody, that hasn't been dealt with. And so you're taking action and there's a little disconnect between your why, why you're taking action when things are challenging and, um, and all of that. So we hope that by 
by us providing you with this framework of change, you're able to identify maybe some of these phases that you might have skipped over in the past and how this really is a cycle. It's cyclical and how you can revisit some of these stages in order to make sustainable changes long-term moving forward. Right. Do I think um, acceptance is it, you, you really have to, to, in order to come to acceptance, it's you step outside of the emotional judgment cycle as though you were an observer of yourself and you mm-hmm. can be more objective to say, Oh, you know that this might work better, or I see what I'm doing here. This is a pattern I begin noticing. And to be able to name and notice those things is really, really powerful. Um, But I do want to say that acceptance is not acquiescence. Okay, there's a huge difference um, between the two. And acquiescence is a reluctant acceptance of something without protest. Okay, acceptance is actually acknowledging and embracing it as the truth, um, but that you're seeking to change that um, to a new truth, if you will, for yourself. So um, it's, it's not okay necessarily to stay where you are. What do you need to do objectively as you look outside of yourself to make those, those changes? So um, I like to say it's sometimes we are with our bodies. It's like a codependent relationship, you know, Um, it's, that relationship that isn't good, but it's too uncomfortable to leave or change. And so in that acceptance process, we kind of need to get in touch with, are we in this codependent relationship that, you know, I I don't really like it, but I really don't want to do that much to make it make a difference or make a change. And that's where reality hits the road that, that you, before you can take responsibility, you have to decide in that acceptance process that's time to take the next step. Oof, that is yeah. good. I, that is yeah. good. That's a good that's, word, that's, Jenny. <laughs> that's heavy and a lot of people can relate to that for sure because I love I love the analogy of that. I love the analogy of finances because that really does help people resonate a lot deeper. And I think it's it's also it shows so much humility um, and not but not being so driven by our emotion. Mm-hmm. Um we are allowed to feel our feelings um, and to and to go there, but not to be so emotionally driven like we would if we were too comfortable or have that self pity or um, and not allowed to then take responsibility. So each step is so um, paramount to make sure that we actually are going through these motions with um, with being intentional. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, totally. Because as you're moving into then taking responsibility, you begin to recognize that you have decisions that you're capable of making. You have agency in the decisions that you're making in your life. And so as you begin to do that, that's going to include making plans, preparing for what you want to take action to go do. And so as you're kind of organizing your life, you might be, it literally might be including things of getting a planner, um, joining some type of program that helps you be more prepared for this action that you're going to take. It's the step before you take action. It's the looking up the gym memberships. It's the listening to the podcast to hear ways that you can begin to make those changes. Um, 
what are some ways that you guys have found, whether in your own life or with clients, where you recognize when they're beginning to like take that responsibility and like own it? Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. For sure. It's really cool yeah. to watch. I would just say, I, I think if you guys agree, I think one of the biggest places where we witness um, people getting hung up is where they, they're they a little bit paralyzed with what they need to do next and a little bit intimidated. So that's where they stay stagnant. Mm-hmm. And so that's where here they're intimidated by making a change because they don't think they have the confidence. So they avoid it at all costs. They just sit there knowing that something needs to happen, but too afraid to fail. So they don't even start in the first place. And I think we see the most breakthrough is when they actually have that confidence in their ability to make changes and make decisions. So then they're able to go, go to a class or actually not be paralyzed by a new, a new, um, you say diet, I want to say diet, but new opportunity to change their intake or whatever. They're Mm -hmm. just trying it, but they're not, um, it's not the analysis by paralysis, I should say. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I always do when in talking to clients, it's like, what's the worst thing that could happen? You know, you try something and I don't, I mean, I don't advocate, I usually advocate, let's do one thing at a time. And, and see how that works, you know, and not try to put all the changes on all at one time. But it's, I remember talking to a client about, she really wanted to make a change in the gym she was going to. I was just and, thinking of this. You know, try, it, it was a CrossFit gym. She loved it. She loved the community there and that, but she just felt internally that she wanted to try something different. And I was like, well, what's holding you back? Like, what's the worst thing? And so we dug into those feelings around that change and you know what, change is hard. Like in this case, it's like leaving friends in, a, in an environment that you love, even though you weren't loving what was exactly happening, like say training wise for your body there. And you, and you really wanted some adventure and some new things, but then adventure and new things are kind of scary, right? And, and so it's like, let's, what's the worst thing that can happen? You go and you try it. You can always, you know, nobody says you have to stop doing this to do that. And this is more about movement. Um, Obviously, I think we advocate um, some things different around nutrition, but like be willing to experiment and, um, you know, try new things because there's something that works for everybody, but not everything works for everybody. Mm -hmm. That's really great. One of the key pointers when I recognize that, Um, someone has moved into this taking responsibility um, and they don't usually recognize that they're doing this is when they might report in a check-in and say, you know, there's this, there's this question on our check-ins that say, um, I'm trying to think of how it was worded, but it's like, um, were, were you off plan? Are there things that, you know, happened between now and the last time we checked in that's kind of worth reporting so that we can have um, some meat and something to talk about. And, the common thing is that initially people say, oh, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't perfect and here is where I could improve. And it's a really great coaching opportunity to say, well, perfection isn't sustainable anyway. So let's talk about that. I noticed when people begin to take responsibility and we're coming off the tail end of the holidays here. So this was really fun and saying, you know, I had that drink or I went to this, you know, event and party and I kind of 
cruised around and, you know, had my bites, but I feel really confident in what I chose to eat and I enjoyed it. I enjoyed my time. And in the past, I would have felt shameful and guilty. Like I didn't stick to the plan that I made for myself or what have you. And I gave a lot of high fives. I felt like over the last couple of weeks of saying, this is awesome because you're taking responsibility for the decisions that you're making. And that's powerful. And we, I mean, we know we've talked about this several times on the podcast of like, I mean, one meal, a couple meals, they don't, that's not what derails you and, you know, causes you to gain a bunch of weight. It's not, that's what makes life sustainable. And so it was really, really great to see these women taking charge of their health and their social life to enjoy these different environments that may or may not have included food and drinks and missing exercise, missing training sessions or whatever over the, over the holidays and saying, I'm taking responsibility for this. Um, and on the other side, the same decision, family members can be really pushy sometimes with have this, have that. Aren't you going to eat more? Aren't you going to have this drink? And them saying, no, I'm good. I'm good. I like what I'm eating or I like what I'm having. And so I got a lot of that reporting back in the last couple of weeks. And that was really, really great because these women were saying, no, I'm taking responsibility for my health and I feel good here. Yeah. It's so empowering to own your own choices, whatever they are, right? Mm -hmm. Just mm -hmm. rather than judging them. I remember experiencing that for the first time, you know, myself, it, it's like when, when I was coming off of. Um, some pretty strict dieting for competing and then kind of moving into that reverse period of time and going, okay, I can, I can have the, I, I really can choose this and it's going to be okay, you know, sort of thing. And that's a, that's a totally different environment, but it was an aha moment, you mm -hmm. know, and, and go, I, I can own this. It feels good. Yeah, mm -hmm. it does. It's really Complete great. Freedom. Yeah. Really yeah. Great. So we're going to wrap up part one there. And in part two, we're going to be talking about taking that action and then reinforcement and what reinforcement means. So make sure you tune in for the rest of our framework of change.